Welcome to a new and exciting website, Golden Gems, featuring some of the golden classic music of all time. We feature hourly a specific artist and their contribution to the music industry. Join us now with music that is timeless and unforgettable, Golden Gems. Welcome to a new and exciting website, Golden Gems, as we're featuring Johnny Mathis. I'll tell you what, Bill, he was really one of my favorites, and, uh, and my wife just really loved him. He was born, his, well, actually his name was John Royce Mathis, born September 30th, 1935, is an American singer-songwriter of popular music, starting his career with singles of standard music. He became highly popular as an album artist with several dozen of his albums achieving gold or platinum status and 73 making the Billboard charts to date. Mathis has received the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame for three separate recordings. Although he is frequently described as a romantic singer, his discography includes traditional pop, Brazilian, and Spanish music, soul, rhythm and blues, show tunes, Tin Pan Alley, soft rock, blues, country music, and even a few disco songs for his album, Mathis Magic, in 1979. Mathis has also recorded six albums of Christmas music. In a 1968 interview, Mathis cited Lena Horne, Nat King Cole, and Bing Crosby among his musical influences. Well, Bill, I'm delighted as well to talk about Johnny Mathis today. He was one of my favorites, in fact, still is. Uh, Mathis was born in Gilmer, Texas, the fourth of seven children to Clem Mathis and Mildred Boyd. Clem Mathis worked briefly as a musician back in Texas, playing the piano and singing on stage and would continue to teach his sons many songs and routines. Johnny had proven to be the most eager of his children to learn all about music. He sang in the church choir, school functions, community events for visitors in their home, as well as amateur shows in the area. The family moved to San Francisco, California, settling on 32nd Avenue in the, in the Richmond district, where Mathis grew up. It was there that he learned an appreciation for music from his father, who taught him his first song, My Blue Heaven. His father worked in vaudeville, as I said, and when he saw his son's talent, he bought an old upright piano for $25 and encouraged Johnny to play it. When he brought it home, it wouldn't fit through the front door. So that evening, Johnny stayed up all night to watch his father dismantle the piano, get it into the small living room of their basement apartment, and then reassemble it. Mathis began learning songs and routines from his father. Mathis started singing and dancing for visitors at home and at school and church functions, as I mentioned. When he was 13, voice teacher Connie Cox accepted him as her student in exchange for work around her house. Mathis studied with Cox for six years, learning vocal scales and exercises, vocal production, classical, and operatic singing. The first band he sang with 
was formed by his high school friend, Merle Saunders. I wonder what would have happened if his dad hadn't bought that piano and took it apart. Or if he couldn't have got it through the door. Oh, that's true. You know, that... I mean, that was a defining moment in in, uh, Johnny's life, you know, if he hadn't been able to develop that skill at home like that. It's amazing how, you know, different events in our life become, uh, you know, turning points. Mathis was a star athlete at George Washington High School in San Francisco. He was a high jumper and hurdler, and he played on the basketball team. In 1954, he enrolled at San Francisco State College on an athletic scholarship, intending to become an English teacher and a physical education teacher. While there, Mathis set a high jump record of six feet, five and a half inches. This is still one of the college's top jump heights and was only two inches short of the Olympic record at the time. Just as when he was in high school, Mathis's name was frequently mentioned in the sports sections of the Northern California newspapers. He and future NBA star Bill Russell were featured in a 1954 sports section article of the San Francisco Chronicle. During one meet at the University of Nevada, Mathis beat Russell's highest jump attempt that day. He was often referred to as the best all-around athlete to come out of the San Francisco Bay Area. While singing at a Sunday afternoon jam session with a friend's jazz sextet at the Black Hawk Club in San Francisco, Mathis attracted the attention of the club's co-founder, Helen Noga. She became Mathis's music manager, and in September 1955, after Noga had found Mathis a job singing weekends at Andy's 440 Club, she learned that George Avakian head of popular music A&R at Columbia Records, was on vacation near San Francisco. After repeated calls, Noga finally persuaded Avakian to come hear Mathis at the 440 Club. After hearing Mathis sing, Avakian sent his record company a telegram stating, have found phenomenal 19-year-old boy who could go all the way. Send blank contracts. Avakian left for New York after telling Johnny that he would eventually send for him. You know, we mentioned that uh, at San Francisco State, Mathis had become noteworthy as a high jumper. And it's interesting, particularly knowing that Mathis was only 5 feet 8 inches tall. Not what you would expect from a high jumper. But in 1956, he was asked to try out for the U.S. Olympic team that would travel to Melbourne, Australia that November. At the same time, Columbia Records requested that Johnny come to New York to start arrangements for his first recording session. Mathis had to decide whether to go to the Olympic trials or to keep his appointment in New York City to make his first recording. On his father's advice, Mathis opted to embark on a professional singing career, and we're glad he did. His first LP record album was released in late 1956. The first album was a collection of jazz-oriented renditions of popular standards entitled Johnny Mathis, A New Sound in Popular Song. It included jazz musicians Gil Evans, John Lewis, and Tio McCarroll, and songs like Angel Eyes, Easy to Love, and Babalu. 
The album enjoyed only moderate success because jazz vocal albums were not good sellers. Nevertheless, Johnny remained in New York and landed bookings at leading nightclubs such as Village Vanguard, The Blue Angel, and Basin Street East. In June of 1957, Johnny appeared on The Ed Sullivan Show, where he was introduced to the record-buying public and became a national celebrity and household name immediately. Columbia Records continued to release albums of Johnny singing beautiful and romantic ballads, classic standards, and the best songs from Broadway musicals. These albums, like the singles, became immediate successes with sales in the millions. It was not uncommon for Johnny to have as many as four albums on the Billboard Top Album Chart at the same time. In late 1959, Johnny recorded another song that became synonymous with the name of Johnny Mathis, the Earl Garner composition, Misty. Well, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, in Oakland area, across the, the bay there, and I used to know about the Blackhawk Club. And uh, another great artist, and there were a number of them that uh, became famous there, was Ahmad Jamal. We could go on and talk about many of the people that got introduced to their fame as uh, musicians at the Blackhawk Club. During the summer of 1958, Mathis left San Francisco with the Nogas, who sold their interest in the Blackhawk Club that year, and moved to Beverly Hills, California, where the Nogas bought a house. Mathis lived with the family. In October 1964, Mathis sued Noga to void their management arrangement, which Noga fought with a counterclaim in December 1964. Mathis purchased a mansion in Hollywood Hills, which was originally built by billionaire Howard Hughes in 1946, where he still maintains a residence. After splitting from Noga, Mathis established John Matt Records, Incorporated, in California on May 11, 1967, and Rojon Productions, Incorporated. His new manager and business partner was Ray Hahn, who until his death in September 1984, helped guide Mathis's career. Since that time, Mathis has taken sole responsibility for it. Johnny's accomplishments are numerous and varied. He holds many records and has set many precedents in the music industry. In 1958, two years after being signed by Columbia Records, Johnny's Greatest Hits was released. It began a Greatest Hits tradition copied by every record company since then. Johnny's Greatest Hits went on to become one of the most popular albums of all time and spent an unprecedented 490 continuous weeks, almost 10 years, on the Billboard's top albums chart. Phenomenal. This record has been noted in the Guinness Book of World Records. Despite missing the Olympic high jump trials, he retained enthusiasm for sports. He's an avid golfer with nine holes in one to his credit. He has hosted several Johnny Mathis golf tournaments in the United Kingdom and in the U.S. Since 1985, he has been hosting a charity golf tournament in Belfast, sponsored by Shell Corporation, and the Johnny Mathis Invitational Track Meet has continued at San Francisco State University since it started in 1982. 
He also enjoys cooking. And in 1982, he published a cookbook called Cooking for You Alone. Mathis has undergone rehabilitation for both alcohol and prescription drug addictions, and he has supported many organizations through the years, including the American Cancer Society, the March of Dimes, the YCWA and the YMCA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, and the NAACP. I think I need to get that cookbook, Cooking for You Alone. <laughs> That's amazing, made a cookbook. Well, he's very talented. Mathis was quoted in a 1982 U.S. Magazine article stating, Homosexuality is a way of life that I've grown accustomed to. During an interview with CBS News Sunday morning on May 14, 2017, Mathis discussed the U.S. Magazine article and confirmed he is gay. I come from San Francisco. It's not unusual to be gay in San Francisco. I've had some girlfriends, some boyfriends, just like most people, but I never got married, for instance. I knew that I was gay. Mathis spoke to many news sources, including CBS, about his sexuality and his story about coming out. In 2017, Mathis's alma mater, San Francisco State University, awarded him an honorary doctor of fine arts degree. Mathis attended San Francisco State for three semesters before withdrawing in 1956 to pursue his music career. After almost 64 years as a recording artist, what's next for Johnny? I don't think about retiring. I think about how I can keep singing for the rest of my life. I just have to pace myself. What a marvelous entertainer. To learn more about his career and listen to some of Johnny Mathis's greatest hits, please go to our website, www.goldengems.net. Thanks for joining us today for goldengems.net. If you like what you hear, tell your friends about us. Go to goldengemsradio at gmail.com and record your comments. Join us again next time on goldengems.net with the greatest music of all time, unforgettable favorites.